to another episode of The Big Question presented by our friends of film, a podcasting an in-depth look at a specific related question. On this episode, we'll discuss if the dark universe is capable of saving. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by a man who doesn't even think LeBron James could save the dark universe, Josh Straley. Oh, well, actually, now that you think about that, <laughs> LeBron James would bring a massive segment of the market to the movies. It's true. Mainly basketball watchers and perhaps black community. I don't know. Maybe. He's the new star. He's taking he over. Do it. We're trading away Tom Cruise. Yes. Trading away whoever else we got. We're bringing in fresh young talent to sit on the bench. Kicking out <laughs> um, the guy, Russell Crowe. Uh-huh. He's gone. And it's LeBron James, Uncle Drew. and No, okay. not Uncle Drew. Denzel, you get Denzel Washington in there too. Who would be good with? Oh, Bill Hader. He's already acting with LeBron James. He would have a great rapport. So then, man, I don't know. Ugh. We'll see. Maybe now, that is Josh's solution to it. No, but now you got me thinking about the Cavs, and <laughs> this week it's not going well. They're currently down two nothing to They're the Celtics. Doomed. Game three's tonight. Josh isn't confident. Nope. Do you think they'll at least win tonight? I think they'll get the W tonight, but they're going seven games with the Celtics. Oh, roster! So they're gonna make they're gonna make it a full series. I don't know about full series, but I mean, it's seven the, games. The back and forth against them, I don't know. Okay, how they can do the idea of them fighting them every night? Yeah, is not gonna bode well for them. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, it could happen quicker. Probably will. Yeah. Maybe. But hey, everyone, um, don't forget, this is a movie podcast. It is. <laughs> and you can get all of our latest updates on Facebook and Twitter at Friends and Film. And be sure to check out the rest of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Yeah, and be sure to head over to our website, friendsandfilm.wordpress.com. You guys will check out uh, reviews from us on the movies we see each and every week. But this week... For the big question, we are tackling the Dark Universe because it's almost been a year, believe it or not, since The Mummy came out. It came out last June, on mm-hmm. June 9th, I believe, yes. of 2017. And there were big plans. The Dark Universe was announced. They had all these cast members. They had a weirdly photoshopped photo of all of them together. <laughs> yes. uh, we had movies coming left and right. They're coming in the pipeline. They're about to start production. And then they were... It was no more radio silence. As no, soon as the mummy was released, there was nothing. But then this, like this last week, there was like an artist or something who posted on Instagram that like he's working on something for the dark universe or at least dark universe related, mm-hmm. um, which has reignited the talks that, Hey, you know what? Maybe the dark universe isn't dead. Um, as we all kind of thought it was, which led us to our big question is the dark universe capable of saving we're going to break it down into a couple different categories here and then answer the big question at the end of the episode. But first, I think in order to talk about whether or not it can be saved, we have to kind of discuss why it needs saving, <laughs> what went so wrong. Yeah. Josh, I mean, what went wrong with the Dark Universe? Well, I mean, like, listen, we're talking about this after two movies, one movie, one and a half movies. Dracula Untold was the alleged, supposed beginning but they're like oh that was really bad let's let's restart let's move to the mummy and then the mummy just tanked so 
badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, domestically, worldwide, I was just shocked because I had put this movie off in my head and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, this movie made its money back, probably. It, it made a profit. Yeah, it made a profit. $409 million worldwide. On a $125 million budget. Yep. So the usual factors indicate that, yeah. $100 million success at the very least. Or at least profit. At the, I'd say at the most. Yeah. So that's wild and ridiculous because that movie, I mean, I guess great for everyone who made <laughs> their money on this movie, who worked on it and got paid. But Universal does not deserve a $100 million profit on that clunker. Um, and I'm being, these are kinder words than I used <laughs> in the review of this thing. And what went wrong was they made a terrible, they made two terrible movies right on through their eyes weren't on making a good movie. Mm-hmm. Their eyes were getting Tom Cruise to be the kickoff for their franchise. The, uh, they already basically cast everyone else, but Wolfman, but they were yep. shooting for the rock on that yep. one. And <laughs> I think it's probably safe to say, that I don't think the rock will come back around. Probably not. So, uh, I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, I want to say lack of vision, but they clearly had a vision, mm-hmm. and that was to reboot all of these classic um, horror adventure films yeah. from the early, what, 50s, 60s? Earlier than that. 40s. Yeah, like 30s in some cases. Yeah, which is, I mean, and then, like, those films were labors of love. They were cutting edge in at, a lot at of the ways. start, yeah. Yeah. And you can't just reproduce those with a formula. Mm-hmm. And especially with a blatant cash grab that is the mummy. And so, I mean, I'm going to contend right here, right now. They just didn't make a good movie. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the biggest problem with it going forward. Uh, you, you, you have to get one right before you can get a dozen right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I think. I mean, the yeah, like you said, the movie still made four hundred million dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, bad movie or not, it still made money. Hypothetically. Yeah, a few theoretically, people saw it. we aren't privileged enough to see, you know, the the box office tallies and the the accounting numbers to actually find out if Universal actually made money on this and nobody ever does. Um but it shows there's an interest for this. But where they went wrong is like you said, they made bad movies. Um to a lot of people, I kind of enjoyed Dracula Untold. Okay. I think Luke Evans is a, is a fun Dracula. Um and I mean they set it up where he could easily be a part of the dark universe mm-hmm. um but I, I think the biggest thing for me that's like okay this is why it failed was yeah the movies weren't received very well critically um even just in fan reception for most of the most of them but i just think they just they just rushed it okay they had these grand ideas to do this massive thing and we were going to do this and we were going to do that and we're going to start with the mummy and then Bride of Frankenstein was going to come. And then we'd do a Frankenstein movie and then we would do a Wolfman movie. And then we'd do Van Helsing and then we would do uh, Invisible Man and all of these different things. And th- But, you know, eventually we were going to get to a point where they all team up together. And that's where we make our $3 billion at the box office. Yeah. And that's, that's, not, that's not how you do this. Mm-hmm. You, you make them 
with a single movie focus in mind. Yeah. So they, they rushed it. Um, the mummy, there were parts of the mummy. They're like, okay, interesting. Cool. Maybe some good action in there. Mm-hmm. But then there's like, all right, but here's the world building. Here's how we lay the foundation for everything else that's happened and that's going to happen and that we can get Tom Cruise back and that we can do all this different stuff. And you're just like, no, no, this doesn't work. Right. <laughs> Russell Crowe is a Jekyll and Hyde, you know, weird mutated person almost. Mm-hmm. No, not buying it. Nope. It, do- it doesn't work. Um, and then I think, the, I mean, potentially even the worst part of it all is that, I mean, what it, say what you will about the DC universe. You know, those movies haven't been very well received. In fact, only Wonder Woman was well received. Yeah. At least in a generally positive sense. Is that the only fresh rating? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but that was their fourth movie mm-hmm. in this universe. It's true. The Mummy, whether or not you count Dracula Untold, okay. it was either the Dark Universe was canned after one or two movies. So... If they did have this grand plan in place, I don't know how much money Dracula and Toll made. I probably should look that up. I'll look it up as I'm talking. Okay. Um, but the mummy, at least, made its money. And if they were having plans of, all right, well, let's get Brighter Frankenstein going. They had sets being built. They had Bill Condon ready to shoot the movie in like a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then they was like, no, all those sets we built, throw them in a shed somewhere. We're never going to see them again. Uh, Angelina, Angelina Jolie, you didn't assign your deal. No biggie because we're, we're not even going to do this movie anymore. So I feel like they almost did themselves a little bit of a disservice where they yeah. just, they gave up. Right. Yeah. They had, they had, a, they had a few stinkers to a lot of people. Yeah. They didn't start great, mm-hmm. but you can't turn around. You can't, if you had this long game in mind, your long game can't be changed or it can't or it still can't work with these potentially broken links. Okay, yeah. If, if that's the case, then it's it, it's did, destined to fail. Did they expect it to be easy? Yeah. Almost, I think, almost that, like I think they, they did. Franchise fever and then said right. people will go see they anything said, as they long go, as it's hey, connected. Look at Disney. Marvel Studios is making a close to a billion dollars on Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. We have Frankenstein. Right. We can we can do that. No yeah. problem. It can be it can be easy. It, it can't be hard. It's easy. Hollywood. We just make a movie. Uh, no IP, big name actor. We're going to make a ton of money no matter what. And that's not that's not how it works. No, <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest. Um to update you though, it made 217 on a okay. 70 million dollar budget. Okay. So probably a, a mm, mini profit. A modest return. So again, yeah, again, it's not a critically well-received movie, but if both of those movies made their money back, I mean, yeah, sure. They Maybe they're not on the best foot possible, but who's not to say that your third movie, who, that Bride of Frankenstein, which potentially was looking to get Gal Gadot if Angelina Jolie didn't sign on, mm-hmm. who's to say that wouldn't have been your big break? Yeah, I mean, you got Bill Carndon who just directed the massive beauty and the beast beauty and the beast i mean to play devil's advocate to myself you can't just keep doing these hoping that okay well the next one is going to be the hit right 
But still, I think if you have some idea in mind of, okay, we're going to get to a point where we're going to have enough built in of a fan base that these movies can work mm-hmm. and that we'll continue to get better at making them that I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I think they just kind of did a disservice to themselves and just like, all right, this one didn't work either. Yeah. Can it? We'll, we'll try it again in five years. And this is, and this is, this is kind of comes back to, this comes back to what I really believe is this solid that right there, that idea that they shut it down so quickly just solidifies the idea that this was a cash grab. Mm-hmm. They thought they could start it. The ball would just roll away from them, you know, and they wouldn't yeah. have to do any effort. They thought it was all downhill. As soon as we got Tom Cruise signed on for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the case at all. Or I mean, and it never should be. And it just, just kind of seems like the work wasn't put in at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and the reason those movies, that come before it are so are still well regarded at Uh least for their period in their time. Uh, anyway is because everyone put their all into those versus we need a franchise. Oh, we have all these monster movies franchise. Yeah. And I think it, think it starts from the, the top that there was no vision other than, give me money right now <laughs> type of an attitude to it. Yeah. If you look at a bulletin board at universe of what are our goals of the dark universe? It just is cash signs, mm-hmm. it's dollar bill signs. Yeah. We just want money and we don't want to make good movies. We don't want to necessarily develop a universe. We don't want to have good characters. We just want to make money and that's what's probably going to happen. And it, I mean, if, both of these reported budgets are true and they didn't spend a crazy amount of money doing, you know, or an excessive amount on marketing. Then again, Dracula and told and the mummy should both be profitable movies. So yeah, and it's kind of, it's, it's, the, it's the weird, it's the weird uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. I guess of it. These, they're terrible, but yet they made profit, which yeah. happens a lot. Uh-huh. But I mean, is, the transformers movies were billion dollar you know, polls a couple of years ago. Now, not so much, but at one time, again, if you build a fan base up, I mean, as terrible as to say, your movies can be terrible and you'll still make money. And the mom, I mean, the documentary never got a chance to get there. I'm not saying that's what they should go for, that they should be like, all right, let's just keep turning them out because if we do, people will keep seeing them and we'll keep making money no matter what. But... I think that's just where it went wrong for me is just mm-hmm. that same here. I mean, I don't, I don't need a dark universe. I don't need a connected universe of monsters in my life. Right. But if it was there, cool. You know, I could get on board with the idea of some of these characters teaming yeah. up five years down the line or not even all of them just being like, you know what? In the next, you know, Dracula movie, Tom Cruise is going to show up. Oh, okay, cool. I'm on board. Sign me up. Yeah, I mean, and then, but kind of going back to that though, what good is a Tom Cruise cameo or arrival or show up if the movie's just being cranked out because there's Tom Cruise, right? And I think Alex um, Kurtzman, mm-hmm. Alexander Kurtzman, who directed and wrote the Mummy, the Mummy, 
super talented guy. And he was like the overseer architect kind of. Of the Dark Universe? Of the Dark Universe. Really? I believe so. That is surprising. I think so. Okay. I didn't know that. 90% sure. Okay. That's fine. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll do some Googling. Sure, please. Um, at least, yeah. Rain that in. But my, at least my perception was he felt it felt like he was a hired gun himself. I don't... He's directed um, a couple other movies. Uh, a, people Like Us... Or no, a People Like Us and a, a few episodes of TV. And that's it. So maybe part of it was the learning curve. But at the same time, it sort of seems like he was tasked with the impossible. Mm-hmm. Which was to string all of these movies together somehow. Immediately. Right away. Yeah. The, the way in a way that people could get. And I think that was a huge, and for a guy who, for the, even the protege of J.J. Abrams, I mean, I mean, he, who is, he's worked with in the past a lot. They're probably the same age, so I don't think the same <laughs> protege is the right word. But a frequent collaborator. If he can't get that done, who really can? Like if that was your best shot mm-hmm. of doing a, interconnected woven franchise this iteration yeah i don't think i mean that that's what went wrong this idea of it is trash and that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah so kurtzman and then fast and furious's chris morgan were the overseers producers architects behind the dark universe yeah so um i feel like we've kind of touched on the answer to this, but can it be saved? Not by any man. To quote <laughs> my So it's a female favorite, yeah. Quote quote one of my favorite films. Uh I mean Yeah, I don't I I personally do not think you can resurrect this iteration of the Dark Universe. Okay. I think the idea of a dark universe, of an interconnected monster films, is possible. Mm-hmm. But I do not think, with the mummy standing as the beginning, and the whole Jekyll and Hyde secret organization that finds... Prodigium? Prodigium, thank you. I was going to say Digimon earlier. I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. I, that is not a way to go about it. It's just... It's too formulaic. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's too formulaic. It's basically the Avengers of the monster universe. Yeah. And um, there was this really great article on an unrelated topic about Westworld uh-huh. um, on Film School Rejects about how Westworld didn't work for the author because she's like, oh, this kind of feels almost too formulaic. Or yeah. it feel like it was made in the lab. I was like, okay, I totally get that. Whereas Game of Thrones was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And that's what the formula for the Dark Universe um, is just wrong yeah. and bad. And I don't think we can save it. I think we can save it. We can. I think, well, maybe not me and okay, you. Right. But I think you can, I think you can save the Dark Universe. I mean... We've already mentioned the amount of money it's made. The two movies, if you include Dracula Untold, hundred and fifty million dollars is, yeah, profit with a six fifty something worldwide gross. Okay, that's 
That's impressive. I mean, it's not it's not gangbusters. You would love it if the mummy made that all by itself, but that's it's still a decent amount of money for m- mid to lower tiered, you know, blockbusters. Okay. Um, I think that there is an audience for it, as proven by the box office receipts. People want these monster movies. They want these old style IPs that they know. Frankenstein. Yes, I All know. Great. I know who that is right yeah. off the bat. I don't need really any explanation for who this character is. You okay. just you just know who they are going in, um, and I think we we've said it, it's just like they rushed it. They 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 had too they had too many you know plans. They got they got ahead of themselves. Uh, that was the big problem here. So if they can just take a take a chill pill for a second develop a really great script with great characters and a good story. You turn out if Bride of Frankenstein was going to be that potentially if Bride of Frankenstein came out, you know, last next year as it was supposed to and Bill Condon directed it and Jolie Orgado starred and it was, and Javier Bardem was there too. And it was this like, wow, like they did it. They got, they, they managed to pull this off. All of a sudden we're not talking about, today we're not talking about oh you know is the dark universe dead a year from now we're talking about what are what are the possibilities where else can they go like there's there it's so exciting what they can do here so that's the thing this this is just one movie away from instantly changing the perception i mean think of how everybody kind of shifted expectations after one woman one woman came out last year it wasn't yeah oh man Justice League, what's going to happen? Like there were those concerns, but it's mm-hmm. also like, hey, they just did Wonder Woman. Yeah, you know they they proved themselves to be able to do something they, worthy. They learned something, yeah. Um, and you know that is kind of gone through maybe the same thing the Dark Universe needs, where it's had the DC Universe has gone through a lot of shakeup at the top. You know, Jeff Johns was overseen at one point, and now it's Walter Hamada, and then there's this weird in between period where like maybe not really anybody was overseeing it. And like, that's where Aquaman was able to just do its own thing and just go mm-hmm. kind of crazy potentially. But if the dark universe can find, I mean, yeah, apparently Kurtzman and Morgan weren't the guys, but there has to be somebody out there who loves all these classic monsters and is a huge, I mean, James Wan, for instance, would be a great choice. He's worked with universal before he did fast and furious seven or mm-hmm. furious seven, whatever it's called. Yeah. I think it's the biggest of the, uh, actually, I think Fear of the Furious beat it, but it's the second biggest of that franchise. It's one of like the top 20 highest grossing movies of all time. Most emotional. It's it's probably the best installment of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, he's doing a swamp thing. I mean, it looks like he's pretty much tied up in DC now, but like if he wants to get back into horror, but also big budget horror, why wouldn't you give him a call? Or, I mean... Is Blumhouse Universal? Blumhouse is its own thing, I believe, right? Who does like? Dis- I mean, do they have a distribution company? Do you with have them? The, my freaking notes over there? Or I what? don't. You're am, I, am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? No, I'm not. Are you serious? Do you have James Wan listed? I have James Wan wow. on my list, right on top of. Um, well, are we in the How to Save It version now? Is this it? Are we? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I'm kind of melding into that area. All right. Well, can I can I go ahead? Yeah, and you you can finish my, the pitch I'm stealing from you. I, I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean, here, here's the deal here. Um, I was thinking about Jason Blum like instantly because I, I was thinking about Get Out, mm-hmm. and that was a 
that's a story that reminded me a lot of something that would, it's very low key, low budget, contained, mm-hmm. slow, but exciting and fun. Now, you're not going to get Jordan Peele to write every one of your <laughs> movies, but Blumhouse has its, more than any studio out there, has its finger on what connects with a younger audience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, it's horror movies with gore. Um, uh, uh, or, you know, paranormal, sinister, things like that. Gem and the Holograms was a f- great attempt at them. <laughs> stepping out there, but it didn't quite get not, there. Not quite. Unfortunately. Uh, but I'm like, you know what, who could, you know who you could partner with to make these movies relevant, but entertaining or relevant, entertaining, fun, but also mean something to a young audience. And I think you take it to Blumhouse. They're running out of ideas over there. The, yeah. the first purge truth or dare <laughs> yeah in truth or dare i mean you're really mining a lot of things um because they're in sequel territory i mean they're doing the halloween reboot at yeah. the end of this year insidious 27's on its <laughs> way around i'm sure the paranormal activity uh the house of mirrors or whatever i mean i don't know what they're doing there but they need something why not partner mm-hmm. with them i mean you're gonna have to change your stories a little bit uh, a lot. Well, I guess they if, have if to you take want to place in the 21st century. In the 21st? They have to take place in the 21st century. That's what they're doing currently. Yeah, that's true. But they need to they need to exist. They need to be youthful in some okay. kind of ways. And it will depend on who you get to direct. Mm-hmm. But if you tell a thoughtful but also scary story, and ho- I mean, w- along with some fun elements in there as well, like that get out get out is the picture perfect example of how to do it. Yeah. Um in so many ways, low budget but also funny and a complete roller coaster all the way through. And it again has those social consequences, those mm-hmm. social satires which a lot of these properties you know were based off of novels that had morals to them and mm-hmm. more ways than one. I think the mummy is the only original 21st like you know modern day picture that isn't based off of anything okay. super old. It's just the Brendan Fraser movies. I have no idea. I think so. Don't sure. quote me on that. I'll check <laughs> back on that. Um, and I think they are a thousand percent perfect to get that done with. And James Wan was listed right on top of that <laughs> as bring him in and have him run one of these movies, mm-hmm. have him set the tone, set the fun um, and set the action. Because he's he's become a maestro, he's becoming or is a maestro mm-hmm. of it already, and you could go all sorts of which ways for it. I I don't think they'll ever do this. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. That's why I said I don't think it can be saved. Okay. But if you want to save it, this is one way. Mm-hmm. Blumhouse, and I can't. I can't. <laughs> you literally so went. That's so funny. Down, down. I mean, it's not. We don't use like you know. Microsoft Online or something where we could like no. share Google Doc. We're both looking at the same document. We have separate documents, different thoughts on it. I <laughs> the, honestly knew those were even in my notes. Just you as just, I was talking, I was like, you know what? James Wan would be a great fit. You know just, what? Blumhouse. There, you there go. we go. Um, and I, I mean, but really, yeah, it may not be the most likely outcome that mm-hmm. Blumhouse would ever get their hands on it. But if Universal is actually interested in continuing this on, yeah. I mean, 
Blumhouse is probably their best, you, you know, sub studio. I mean, they're consistently turning out movies that make 10 times their budget, if not way more than that, mm-hmm. because they keep things small, you know, get out $5 million budget or whatever it had ends up making 170, 200 something million dollars worldwide. Crazy numbers. Um, Happy Death Day was made for like nothing. That's getting a sequel because it did so well. <laughs> yeah. And I think Blumhouse has done so well with the minor budgets with Split, same way. Um, if you're Universal, why wouldn't you challenge them a little bit? I mean, unless Jason Blum just doesn't want to. And he's like, no, we know what we're good at. Mm-hmm. We're going to make movies for under $5 million. And we're going to make you guys enough money where you guys can keep losing money on your blockbusters and be okay. Yeah. But like, if you're Jason Blum and you're that studio, why wouldn't you be like, you you know what? Let give us forty five million dollars, and we're gonna go make Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, who says no? Who right. says no to that? Yeah, it can't be Universal. Universal would not say. I mean, I don't think. I mean, unless they do have some secret plans in the works to bring the dark universe back in some right. magnificent form. Is Bill Condon right now shooting right. Frankenstein <laughs> under an assumed in movie secret, title yeah. and such? Uh, I, I don't see why you would pass this up if you're universal. I mean, it's it makes all the sense in the world. The connections are already there. I mean, and you have the pieces, at least in the cast department, where like you know people are going to see this because of the IP, but also because of the people who are starring in this. Yeah. That... You and that's where some of the budgetary stuff will have to go up for Blumhouse if they've got their hands on it. They could be like, "No, mm-hmm. we want to do it for ten. Be like, "Sorry, but you know, Tom Cruise alone is going to be fifteen. They're like, "Okay, give us forty million then, and we'll be fine." Yeah, it it seems like a no brainer. And I mean, you have Sophia Batella who could come back as the mummy in some mm-hmm. form. Javier Bardem is on board as Frankenstein. Whether it's Jolie or Godot as Bride Frankenstein. That's a great sh- that those are either one's great. Invisible Man, Johnny Depp, uh, yeah, maybe you just maybe, That's a recast. Maybe you just get rid of him and bring in Ryan Reynolds. Ooh. He knows how to act very well without his <laughs> face being seen. That's um true. and he's got the iconic voice now. He's doing Universal's uh Detective Pikachu movie. Yeah. Connections galore. Um you know Jekyll and Hyde, Russell Crowe can stay on, whatever. Tom Cruise, they can turn him into Van Helsing or something. He just hunts down these monsters every five years when he's not doing Mission Impossible 7, 8, 9. Mm-hmm. Wolfman, I'm going to throw out two casting suggestions oh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah, go for it. James McAvoy, Ooh. connection with Split already. Yep. But the other one is Zac Efron. Hmm. He's, gonna do, he's doing that. Um, Charles with, Manson biopic story movie. Is it Charles Manson? Yeah, the Manson Murders, yep. Dangerously Evil, Wicked, or whatever? Yep, Charles okay. Manson. I did not know this Charles Manson. I thought it was somebody else. The Waco dude? No, not the Waco dude. Um, either way, it looks like he's going to do a really good job in that role. Um, and to see him continue to do something different, that's not comedy, but it's not a rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's not an action movie necessarily. It's a yeah. mid-budget horror thing. I think that'd be right up Efron's alley. Uh, and then you know, like Creature from Black Lagoon, get Scarlett Johansson to do it. Get Doug Jones if you want to, you know, uh, milk yeah. on Shape of Water. Absolutely. Um, any, I mean, there's 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 endless possibilities here for Universal to play with, mm-hmm. and especially if it's given to Blumhouse, 
it just makes all the sense in the world. Just you just have to make sure that since you have these properties that people are gonna want to see, kind of regardless, just don't take that for granted. You know, right. take it slow. Make sure that these movies are worth seeing, so that way when people go see it, they can be like, "Wow, that was actually really good." I I hope they make a sequel. Oh wait, this other movie is connected to this other movie. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to go see that. And maybe in a couple years from now, Dracula and Bride of Frankenstein can meet up in some weird movie Mm -hmm. and I'll go see it. Right. If you, if you just give us something to care about, the dark universe can easily go from a black hole in Hollywood to the, the diamond in the rough that everybody wishes they had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I even wrote down Guillermo del Toro's name because it's so obvious. I figured you would have said it already. No, but, I wish I wish I had. <laughs> you know, I mean, not. I mean, I don't think he would. You need to. You need to pay the man. Yeah. But he's a creative, and one of the things it seems like he enjoys is world building mm-hmm. and create. And you know, and his his use of monsters. Yeah. He can he can take something and tell it in a new exciting way. Shape of Water is the creature from the Black Lagoon, just <laughs> you know, with a story that pivots to um, love instead of you know I'm going to hunt this thing down and kill it. Right. Um, I mean, and so pay someone to be creative, and I know that's like a dig at uh, Kurtzman and uh, right the other guy, Chris Morgan. Chris Morgan. Um, but. I think there are other people out. I think you can find people who are willing, who have a, an actual infinity for this kind of type of thing, and want to see it shepherded, mm-hmm. because out of love and reverence for the old things, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. So there we I have it. Think yeah. Bl- I mean, Blumhouse is your best bet if you wanted to save to save it. Um, I don't think it should be. Yeah, I ju- I think I just feel like it's a waste of time. Okay, but if you gave it to Jason Blum and his team there, I I think the possibilities are endless. Yeah, if if you can lure Guillermo del Toro away from Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, you know you're you're in winning hands there too. Yeah, I mean he also I mean he just signed that deal with Fox, I believe, to have like his own little thing over there as well. Yeah, he's Maybe got Fox two he's got a, anthology projects. He's got a bunch of things in the works, so he may Good be too busy. Him. But yeah, great great job for uh, Guillermo. Um, but that is all we have for the big question this week. Um, let us know what you guys think. Can the Dark Universe be saved? More importantly, is it even capable of being saved in the first place? Let us know all of you guys' thoughts uh, on social media. We'll be back next week with a review of Solo Star Wars Story as well as another edition of the big question if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe share retweet and more plus head over to itunes and give us a five-star view with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show and as i said head over to any social media you can Mm -hmm. share your thoughts with us on the big question you can find us on all social media at friends of film and then you can follow me personally on twitter at movie cooper and coops underscore hoops and you can argue with me josh at just joshua ryan thanks again fortune in to the friends of film podcast josh thanks for stopping in everyone and be sure to turn it next week for our future episodes